This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, well, well. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Zacchino alongside because Weeks is on the road again with Nick Taylor all day. If you've looked at Bob's Instagram stories, Nick Taylor is doing, as we call it in the biz, the car wash where he's going from outlet to outlet to outlet doing media tours left, right, and center going over what was one of the most iconic Canadian sports moments ever. And of course, Mark, you had the call of that. We'll be playing that call on our TV show uh, this week. But before we get into all of that, first of all, most importantly, how are you this morning? I'm good, Skulls. I was working uh, 3M uh, open for PGA Tour Radio all weekend. A uh, bit of a parade. Got to hand it to Lee Hodges. I know we'll get into that a little bit today, but um when you consider you know i've been asked the question a couple times this week for some reason uh, about the quality of the majors this season goes back to what you were talking about a week or so ago and like the majors didn't didn't touch the quality of the finishes we saw in the pga tour this year right the pga tour finishes were unbelievable this year rbc canadian open rocket mortgage classic i mean go back to the century when uh, yeah. John Rahm tracks down Colin Morikawa for nine shots back when they walked off the third green and he wins the golf tournament. The majors, <clears throat> not so good, right? Even the players, right? Mm-hmm. Fifth major, Scotty Scheffler in a parade. This week, 3M, bit of a parade. Bad field, super weak field. One or two of the big names in there not, did not do so well. I know you want to chat that this week, we will. But overall, to your point, snooze fast. Now, what about your weekend? Because you went to Trombla to play and played some golf. I've never been to Trombla, so how was it? It was great, thank you. It uh, I went uh, Thursday morning, so took a bit of a vacation. Haven't done that in a couple months here, so nice to unplug for a little bit. A good buddy of mine, Raphael Berard, and his his family own a cottage up in a beautiful Trombla. So about a about a six-hour drive, Mark. One of those where when you're driving up, it feels like an hour. And when you're driving back, it feels like it's about 47 hours. That <laughs> might have had something to do with everything going on with the golf course, the extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. But the golf courses itself, were, they were beautiful. We played uh, three, uh, Le Manitou, Le Giant, and Le Diable. Trying to get my, my French going. Yes. Here. And uh, it was really nice, very tree-lined. A lot of it really reminded me, given Trombaugh in the mountains, of Whistler, of sort of the, the great views and that sort of thing. Lots of undulation, uh, very challenging golf courses, too. And we decided to play the back tees. I'm not entirely sure why we decided to play the back tees, Mark. And as you know, I'm going through a bit of a grip change or a major grip change, so... I would have moments of brilliance and then moments where I'm really glad I brought a bunch of golf balls with me. So mm. uh, all in all, it was a great time. Great to be away for uh, a little bit. And I would recommend for you to get up to Trombla at some point because I got to tell you, it's it's great. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to get up there. I'd love to take some time off. We're close, Adam. We got to get to September. Once we get to September, things will chill out a little bit yep. for the Golf Talk Canada family, which is great. So 
We got a playoff though. We got so much to get to. Of course, this is a wild card weekend, right? Wyndham yeah. Championship, your last chance to punch your ticket to the playoffs. So we've got four big weeks left, then a lull, then a Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. and then adios to 2023, right? And uh, I know we're going to get into this in news and headlines. In that PGA Tour memo to the players from Jay Monahan, we expect to see a schedule mm-hmm. in the next two weeks. Well, t- the players will see it in two weeks, maybe less than two weeks. I'm hoping we get the same. Yeah, hopefully we all do uh, get that. You mentioned news and headlines. Before we get to that, a number of guests joining us today. Uh, mm-hmm. PGA Tour Canada, Osprey Valley Open winner. Davis Shore going to drop by. CPKC Women's Open Tournament Director Ryan Paul also going to join us. And we're going to talk all about a very, very important cause. Stomp the Stigma, a tournament going on at Summit. The 8th Annual Edition of the Tournament. Marla Traves will be by in about an hour uh, as we'll discuss that and much more. But you mentioned it there, Mark. It's time now for some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. So before we take a deep dive into the PGA Tour memo that was released Wednesday afternoon, it was a big week for Brooke Henderson, who finished second at the Evian Championship. Celine Boutier goes on wins by six on home soil, which was awesome to see some of those images and video of her winning. But Mark, for Brooke Henderson, second top 10 of the season, her last coming in the victory that came in her season opening performance. But now we have a second at a major. Looking ahead now, the Women's British Open, of course, the CPKC Women's Open. What's your level of optimism now for Brooke Henderson, maybe compared to this time last week? Yeah, I think she's starting to put it together. Uh, she needed to hit a few more greens on Sunday. At the end of the day, no one was going to beat Celine Boutier, Boutier this, this week. It was not going to happen. Uh, she ends up winning by six. Brooks solo second. Uh, but Brooks certainly trending in the right direction. If you look at her stats uh, this tournament, she kind of did everything well. 11 greens on Sunday. She could have hit maybe 15 greens on Sunday. A couple here or there. She might have been able to tighten the gap. But again, it was a six-shot win. So I just think Celine wanted to do her best Nick Taylor impression and and almost a a Bob McIntyre impression, right? Uh, Pretty cool to win a major on your own home soil. This is a very impressive, uh, it's a wonderful story. But from a Brooks standpoint, it seems, you know, we've kind of, this is, this has trended throughout her career really, hasn't it, Adam? When the, when, when it's tougher scoring, when it's a major and par means more, uh, Brooks seems to bring it. Look at her, look at her major championship record. She's kind of always there. Uh, maybe not the biggest fan of the world of the 25 under uh, bomb and gouge, you know, because uh, she is a ball striker at heart. And uh, you remove Celine Boutier from this leaderboard and Brooke Henderson wins a tight one in solo second by one shot over a bunch of great players. So I feel better. I think she's trending in the right direction. She probably feels better. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, it's just good for her to see some results. We uh, spoke about it last week on the show, how a number of her stats, ball striking specifically, were way down this season. But uh, overall, a good week. And her 14th consecutive major finish of T25 or better. That's Honestly, that's just absurd how 
how consistent that is for Brooke Henderson, the AIG Women's Open in a couple of weeks, the CPKC Women's Open at Shaughnessy, which we'll get into a little later in the show as well. That's coming up uh, later in August, as August is here tomorrow, which is uh, shocking. It's The summer's gone by way too quickly. Now, you mentioned it there a little earlier. The PGA Tour memo that was released. Now, we were live on the air, on radio, on television, when the initial news was broken Tuesday, RBC Canadian Open Week. Initially, they called it the merger, but really it's the framework agreement of an agreement. Commissioner Jay Monahan flew into Toronto that day. They had the players-only meeting. And then the commission took some time off for health-related reasons. But now... He is back, and there was a memo released where a couple of, not bombshells, but a couple of big things did come out of that. One of that being, Mark, is the player benefit program, uh, believed to be aimed at providing the tour loyalists with financially significant uh, system for repaying those who did not go to live. What were your thoughts when you saw this, first of all? I mean, there is so much here in this memo it's absolutely ridiculous. Let's start with that one first, Adam. So we knew that there was going to have to be some type of compensation for the guys that didn't go. And we also knew that there was going to have to be some type of penalty slash path created for the players that want to come back to the PGA Tour, right? It, this memo addresses both of those, that they've put together an advisory team uh, independent advisory, special counsel uh, that in, will include players on how, how they're going to do this. I, I don't think that there's a way that they can create a path either way where everyone's going to be happy here. Like, do you? I mean, so do they go to the public investment fund and ask them to be transparent now that they're business partners? Are you partnering with someone that you can even like, I don't, can, like, I don't even know how this relationship works, right? Transparency has not been a term used often when describing uh, any ventures tied to the Saudi government in any way. And now are you going to them saying, okay, we need to see all your offers. Like, who who did you offer and what did you offer? And, and do you go based on that? Uh, is everybody getting the same amount of money who chose not to go? Or is Rory going to get more than, you know, Cantley? Etc. These are all questions I have. I don't think we're ever going to know the answers. Uh, I really don't. Um, and then now coming back the other way, are, I mean, a path back to the PGA Tour. Does this mean that Live still exists next year? Part of this memo is that during the week of the FedEx uh, Memphis uh, FedEx Cup St. Jude Classic, which is not this week but next week that the players are going to see a 2024 schedule. Mm -hmm. So in that 2024 schedule are live golf events intertwined throughout the PGA Tour schedule. Are they happening in the fall after the FedEx Cup? Does live golf exist? I mean, more questions than answers. But if, if, you're, if you read into this a little bit, it's suggesting here, Adam, that they're creating a path back for players that want to come back. That means that they suspect there will be players that don't want to come back. So if players don't want to come back, where are they playing golf? On a live series? I mean, 
How did you interpret that portion of this? Well, the big one of players maybe not wanting to come back, well, one player in particular who has been nothing short of vocal and he was really the big disruptor of this is Phil Mickelson, of course. And on Twitter, he put out uh, a statement here. He was replying to someone who also put out this memo and he said, I'm going to quote him here, with a crying face laughing emoji to kick things kick the proceedings off so you can guess where this is going to go from his perspective. What a colossal waste of time. Not a single player on live wants to play PGA Tour. It would require a public apology and restitution to live players for paying millions to clout media to disparage all of us. A better topic is future sanctions for the many players who now come to live. I mean, Phil's... I'm. He went He went dark. He went off social media for a little bit of time after the initial article was released from Alan Shipnuck from that interview, which may or may not have been on or off the record. But Phil's comments there, that's certainly one opinion of the side of the live players. I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like peace talks, does it? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I'll, I'll tell you what. Phil Mickelson better hope that there is a live framework moving forward. Now, they might have one in 2024. Beyond 2024 is a whole other situation. Right now, they are trying to move quickly towards an agreement. Uh, There are huge tournaments and purses that the PGA Tour needs to pay pay for next year with these new elevated events, and they don't know where the money's coming from right now because there are sponsors. If you read between the lines, there are sponsors balking at, hey, we don't have any more money throughout this. So the money's got to come from somewhere. While all this is going on, you've got uh, senators and, and Congress people still trying to block the deal, asking for more testimony, trying to revoke the tax exemption status of the PGA Tour, which will be underneath this new PGA Tour Enterprises top umbrella company that oversees all of this, including DP World Tour and Live. Uh, There are so many layers here, so many lawyers involved, but it seems like they are trying to push forward as hard as possible to get things in place so they can A, release a schedule, and B, let the horses out of the barn. Like maybe that's a, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know, I don't know the potential defense you can play here, but maybe part of your defense in all this is just to start. And just to get let the horses out of the barn, barn, get the agreement in place, and start working together, and just let let Congress and everybody argue about this for the next eight, nine, ten months, etc. I, I don't know if that's part of the of the the wheel here. The one thing that's interesting, the two other things that really came out of here, Adam, uh, Jason Gore taking a much more elevated position here mm-hmm. uh, to be really the liaisons between the tour and the management. Jason Gore is so popular amongst the players. He's trusted. He had that role with the USGA, really created a bridge between the players and the USGA after the USGA completely, you know, crushed that relationship with things they did at Shinnecock in 04, etc., Chambers Bay, etc. Jason Gore uh, built that bridge again. Now he's doing it here again. And the other thing that came out of this is Jay Monahan, and we're going to get into this a little bit later in the show, but uh, Jay Monahan publicly saying the PGA Tour is rejecting the ball rollback and pushing mm-hmm. back at the RNA and the USGA. 
And I think that is Jay Monahan's first public move to say, I'm here to build the bridge back with the players as well. Because so many players, I think, a little upset still with Jay with the way things broke out at the Canadian Open. The majority of the PGA Tour, majority of the players are all against the rollback. So he's come out publicly and said, we're against the rollback. I think that's him standing with his players and doing some PR. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned PR there and the amount of times, whether it was the U.S. Open or any other pre-tournament press conference where players were asked about what they think of what's happening. And we got a lot of, I don't know, because no one really knew, no one really knows what's happening. And this is a step closer to that with this memo coming out. And there is that players only meeting in a couple of weeks in Memphis where they will receive a schedule. Hopefully we also receive a schedule so we can start planning our lives. It's going to leak. We know it's going to leak. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of does it leak the same day? Does it leak the next day? It will leak and we will know yeah. probably the week of Memphis what a framework looks like for next year. Yeah, and before we go to break, I, I, I'm really I'm really curious on your perspective on if players do come back or want to come back, it, are, are players who have gone to live going through Corn, corn Ferry? Are they going through Q School? Like, I don't know. What, what do well, that's what this that's what this advisory council that they're or, that they're uh, gathering with players as well. They're going to be part of this. That's what their job is to find this mm. path back and. I don't know. Like, is it just a fine and an apology? Do they go to Corn Ferry? Is it based on what you did previously on the PGA Tour? Like, if Dustin Johnson wants to come back, which I highly doubt he, he does because he's not interested in really playing golf, DJ. He's kind of said that already. But if he did want to come back, he's a, he's a multiple major champion. He has over 20 wins. He's a lifetime member of the PGA Tour. That's a different story for him than it is for Mito Pereira. Totally or Joaquin Neiman, or, or Joaquin, you know, some yes. of these other players who have done this. But as, as I've said on this show many times, and as we will continue to say, this is an ongoing subject, this is a moving target, we're going to continue to hear more and more news, and whenever that schedule is released, hopefully that Tuesday, we'll have all the latest that Wednesday on GTC Radio. One final note on Jay Monahan. He said at the end of this memo, I have fully recovered and feel stronger than ever, basically implying that you said, Mark, as well, that he is in for the long haul to try to make something work here with this agreement. Well, there was golf played. We mentioned the LPGA earlier in the show. On the PGA Tour, a runaway victory. Lee Hodges gets it done by seven, a wire-to-wire -wire win. On the other side, we'll recap his win at the 3M Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Zacchino alongside. We just spent the entire commercial break talking about how to solve all the tour's problems. Maybe at some point we'll release uh, that uh, that statement that uh, we just made there. No, there's a lot going on here with the PGA Tour, PGA Tour memo. That was released. We'll have much more on that as we get more news, whenever that news does come down. But what I do know 
is on the PGA Tour this past week, the 3M Open. We all made our TSN edge picks, and I don't think any of us had Lee Hodges really knocking on the door, just ready to break out and win. Well, that's why golf is so awesome. This guy was 80-1 to 1 on FanDuel at the start of the week. So the last two winners in the PGA Tour, pre-tournament betting odds, you have Brian Harmon at 120 to 1 to win a major championship. Oh, only won by six shots. Yet Lee Hodges, 80 to 1, only won by seven shots. Mark, you had a front row seat. You were working the last four days sitting in that chair you're in uh, right now. What were your overall impressions and thoughts on Lee Hodges? Well, what a great win. Uh, I mean trying to win your first PGA Tour event and the first six holes, he's three under par, right? With a big eagle on six, two eagles on a Sunday trying to win your first PGA Tour event. I mean, super impressive. And I think this is why, this is the difference for me, Adam. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the importance of the PGA Tour and why competition of the PGA Tour is different than what we see with Live Golf, right? Um this is, there's the, you, there's always somebody coming in the world of golf. There's people coming off PGA Tour University, uh, uh, off NCAA. There's people coming through PGA Tour Canada, Corn Ferry Tour. There are young players coming that can go shoot 63 whenever they need to. And, you know, no one would have known, most of our audience wouldn't have known Lee, Lee Hodges' name a week ago. Um, and here he is winning his first PGA Tour event. And, uh, ball striking, first in strokes gain, approach the green, fourth in strokes gain, putting. I mean, he ticked all the boxes. Um, he, I mean, he played beautifully all week. He's only the fifth winner, Adam, this year that had the lead or a piece of the lead on Thursday that went on to win. Hmm. Only five. Now, that doesn't mean they were all wire to wire, but he had a piece at some point on Thursday and went on to win. Um uh, so we've had five of them so far this season. So I, I think uh, this is great. I think it's important. So he punches his ticket to the playoffs now, and uh, we'll see We'll see if somebody can do it. I, I mean, to me, it was a, probably one of the more boring PGA Tour events we've had this year. There was very little drama on uh, the weekend, as you and I were we're talking about off the top of the day, uh, off the top of the show today. I mm -hmm. mean, it's uh, what? It's a seven-shot uh, win over a host yeah. of, of players. Poston really kind of thrown it away on the last with a stupid decision um, mm. on the on, on the bank. They're going for the par five and two. But we've got a, a bunch of things going on here, and I know we're going to get onto into them later in the show. Is right. we've got Lee Hodges punching his ticket to the playoffs becoming a first-time winner, now projecting 33 in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He can take next week off now if he feels like it. And then we have a bunch of big names that came into this event, that added this event to their schedule, trying to get to the playoffs. Now that we are no longer 125, we are now 70. After the Wyndham Championship this week, we are only 70 people going to Memphis. And there are huge names on the outside looking in, including former FedEx Cup champions, major champions, Gary Woodland, there are guys not even close. Some of them, if they don't go to win them and win, they're done. Uh, playoffs over, uh, pretty much season over, they'll be playing in the fall to try to improve their status to stay inside the 125. Uh, guys that have, you know, historically been always playoff uh, competitors. 
Yeah, and it's pretty wild to think that. And you think back to the history, you know, 2015, Tiger Woods shows up at the Wyndham Championship. It has a legitimate chance to win the thing, too. Uh, Nick Taylor, the Canadian, a couple times where he's qualified that back when the playoffs, it was top 125 get in. So guys have done it before, but that's part of the intrigue. Some of these big names who are looking to punch their ticket into the playoffs, Justin Thomas being the focal point. And a little later in the show, we're going to talk all about GT and JT and what is going on with this guy who... At this time last year, he had just won the second career major championship. We knew he was going to play on the U.S. President's Cup team. We basically had his name in Sharpie for the next 20 years on these U.S. teams. And now he is outside the qualifying for that. Will JT make that Ryder Cup? Mark, you asked me last week uh, when I came on Wednesday, what do you think? And I said, well, I mean, he's played well on away soil in the past for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. What can we expect? We're going to have a deep dive into that conversation in about 15 minutes or so. But on the other side, the CPKC Women's Open later this month. I guess technically next month, as August is tomorrow, but it's going on at Shaughnessy. We're going to chat with CPKC Women's Open Tournament Director Ryan Paul on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Zucchino alongside. We have a special shout out to good fan of the show, Christian Anderson, who got back to me on Twitter saying, loved playing Le Diable. I was just in Montrombat, played in 2007 during a President's Cup trip. That'd be a lot of fun. Downhill, par 5, drove it 398, then promptly bladed wedge over the back into the trees, took double golf with a heart emoji. Is it, that, that's just lovely. That's just, you know, Christian, on the same hole, I tried to, I might have driven it 398. I might have been four fairways over, but that's fine. That's I, I got to well, tell you a quick story here while we got 30 seconds. Yeah. I forgot to yeah. tell you guys this. So, Christian... Uh, great guy, uh, dropped a, a gift off for me at Toronto oh, Hunt uh, about, oh, it was a couple months ago uh, yeah. because he, he knew that I was able to play Marion and tried to recreate, you know, the Hogan shot mm -hmm. on 18. So he, he left me a, a lovely photo, frame photo, black and white of that iconic Hogan shot from the U.S. Open back in the 40s. I think it was 42 off the top of my head. I can't remember. Or was it 52? Anyway. Uh, make a long story short, uh, whoever received the, the club, you know, hand off, hand off, hand off. Um, they uh, they didn't know it was for me. They thought it was for the club and had it somewhere. Oh. And I was looking for months of where this thing is, and <laughs> they had it hanging in the clubhouse. <laughs> that is fantastic! Oh my goodness! So oh, I got wow. it back. I've got it now. It's on the wall in the office. There you go. I'm looking forward to seeing this thing. That's awesome. Uh, Christian, uh, thanks for the note and thanks for doing that for Mark. That, uh, that is awesome. Well, a couple months ago, we had the RBC Canadian Open and we saw one of the great moments we'll ever see in our sport, period, when Nick Taylor 
rolled it in from 72 feet for the Eagle, winning on Canadian home soil in the fourth playoff hole. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we have the CPKC Women's Open at Shaughnessy, which is a great track. I haven't had a chance to get out to Shaughnessy before. I'm looking forward to, at some point, getting out there, potentially even for that week. I haven't heard anything concrete uh, for that yet. Mark, have, have you been out to Shaughnessy? I have never been to Shaughnessy. And I will tell you this, out of all the players that I work with, like the John Rollins of the world, who are, you know, former RBC Canadian Open champion, the Mark Wilsons, the Dennis Paulsons, the guys, you know, that played in the 90s into the early 2000s, etc. They all ask me the same thing. When are we going back to Shaughnessy? When is RBC Canadian Open going back to Shaughnessy? They always ask me. I said, I don't know, guys, but I can't tell you the ladies are on their way. Yeah. Well, it's uh, August 22nd to 27th, and for much more on the CPKC Women's Open, I had a chance to catch up with tournament director Ryan Paul. Pleased to be joined by good friend of the show, CPKC Women's Open tournament director Ryan Paul. Ryan, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Adam. The uh, the new name it's still uh, still getting used to it, CPKC Women's Open, but. Uh... Excited to be uh, to be back in Vancouver. Totally. So tournament time just around the corner. How are preparations going with the tournament just a couple of weeks away? Yeah. Well, the uh, build has begun, and trucks and staff are coming in fast into into Shaughnessy. Uh, the course uh, we were there on July 10th for Media Day, and the the conditions is, is unbelievable. It's uh, it's such a great golf course, such a tough golf course. Uh, just how fast those greens are running and uh, and the rough will just eat up your balls if uh, if the trees aren't going to knock them down before. So it's uh, it's going to be a great test of golf, but we're we're very excited. So this is the first time in this tournament's history that Shaughnessy is hosting this event. We've seen Shaughnessy host Canadian Opens on the men's side in the past, but how is it selected as the host this time around for the Women's Open? We're we're very excited. Uh, we're looking back at the stats that this is Shaughnessy will now be the first club, the only club in the last 20 years to have hosted both the RBC Canadian Open and the CPKC Women's Open and and one of two this century, which is uh, which is just unbelievable. And when we had Brooke Henderson and Paul Arito up up for media day earlier this month, uh, just listening to them talk about how important it is for that, for the men and the women to be playing the same courses. Now, granted they were just coming up from Pebble beach, so it was all front and center, but just having that venue that can host and that is, is happy to host both the men's and the women's games just shows a testament to the type of golf course Shaughnessy is and, uh, and the excitement's growing. Well, you mentioned her right there, Brooke Henderson. She'll be the headliner for obvious reasons. She is the winningest Canadian professional golfer uh what's it like for you as the tournament director to see the continued success that brooke henderson continues to have on the lpga tour well it, it makes uh it makes our job easy selling the tickets when we have uh, brooke henderson in the field and she really she really is that kind of needle mover where um the attendance that she draws is just remarkable from fans of all ages especially the kids when you, you see them coming out and they're now wearing the same hats and they're wearing shirts that have all the same logos that she has like i don't know where they're getting them from but they're dressing just like her and they're they're watching her swing watching her play it's uh, it's unbelievable and uh not even a great athlete that brooke is but also a great ambassador to canadian golf and a person that she is that she'll spend more time signing autographs and talking to fans after the round than she did playing the round um so to have someone like her in the field is is great in addition to all, all the top players that we have come to the cpkc women's open each year i was just going to ask you right there so obviously brooke henderson like i mentioned is headlining but tell us about some of the other names who have uh, early commitment uh to this year's tournament yeah well we have uh 
current commitments and early commitments, we have nine of the top 10 in the world golf rankings, which is, which is unbelievable. We have 21 of the top 25 on the CME uh, globe uh, money list, which is, which is great. Rose Zhang is, uh, she is drawing a lot of eyeballs and she's going to be a huge draw as well. And if, if we get Brooke Henderson, Rose Zhang in the same grouping, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty wild following, following that group. But uh, the list goes on and on. Lydia Ko, who's a three-time champion, she's won the last two events that we've had in Vancouver. So she's doing the uh, looking for the Vancouver three-peat. Nelly Corda, uh, the list goes on. And then one name that I think is going to be fun to watch, Victoria Liu. She won the Glencoe Invitational. Uh, so she earned an, a spot into the field that way. She's also a Shaughnessy member. So a little bit of a home course uh, advantage for her uh, come mid-August. So obviously what happened at Oakdale back in June is something that will quite frankly be hard to top for the rest of Canadian golf history because of its significance. But have you had a chance to maybe catch up with Brian Crawford, RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director, about some things that went right that week that you can apply this time around at Shaughnessy? Yeah, Brian, Brian and I are good friends and we we certainly bounce a lot of ideas off of each other. I don't know if, if I'll get lucky enough to, uh, to replicate a Canadian hitting a 72-foot putt <laughs> on the fourth playoff hole to win, but uh, if we can, that would be uh, that'd be quite incredible. But no, it's uh, having both our Opens grow the way they have has just been incredible for the sport and and uh, for someone like me who's been involved since 2007, just, just remarkable to watch that growth. Uh, for the CPKC Women's Open this year, our build is the is the largest build ever, and I know Brian and I have both been saying that each and every year it feels like. But seventy five thousand square feet of uh, of build for this year, which is fifteen percent larger than what we had in Ottawa. Our hospitality has grown fifteen percent more than what we had in Ottawa, and really those build sizes are passing the RBC Canadian Opens when we were in Abbey in fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So just to see us grow that much is is incredible, and it shows. The, the fans that are willing to come out and watch and, and support our game and, and the partners that are getting behind this tournament as well. So you mentioned the build out like that. I understand the purse size is really increased as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so we're, our purse is at uh, 2.5 million, which uh, we've had an increase this year from CPKC and always happy to see our, our purse grow and you know the players have been behind it and supporting that. So that's been, that's been great. And really that's one of the main drivers to the field that we get each and every year, but it's also the other things that CPKC does uh, you know, outside of that purse where it's the hospitality and the, the experience inside the food that they serve, uh, the gifting, just the way that they treat the players and even the caddies now too, with the level of caddy lounge, that's uh, been award-winning for us has been, um, has been remarkable in helping us you know, obtain a, uh, a great field. So Ryan, one of the cool things we've seen at the RBC Canadian open is the rink. And rumor has it, the rink is now making its way to the CPKC women's open Two, tell us about that. Yeah, the rumors are true. The uh, the rink now at both the RBC Canadian Open and the CPKC Women's Open uh, coming out to Vancouver, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We had uh, we had a lot of success in Ottawa last year. I'll say the first couple of days, uh, you know, the LPGA is a very international based tournament, and there's maybe a few players walking into the rink not knowing what the rink was all about and listening to fans bang on the boards like, no, 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 you got to keep it down. But by the end of the week, everyone uh, everyone got it and was very supportive. We had Brooke Henderson wearing a Sens jersey, Nelly Corda put on a Blackhawks jersey, Elena and Lori Kane had the Leafs jerseys on. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I think the players are are excited. We're going to see a lot more bringing their uh, hometown jerseys out to support, and we'll see if we can get a few Canucks jerseys on uh, on some of the players. 
So the big build out, the big purse, a great list of fields so far. But for any event to go on of this this magnitude, volunteers play such a critical factor. Do you know how many volunteers will be involved and how important will they be uh, in Shaughnessy at the end of August? We're we're going to have 1,200 volunteers that are uh, going to make this event happen. Wow. It's, it's it's always astonishing at the beginning of the year to say we need 1,200 volunteers and so how are we going to get that number? And, and we always get there. We have a strong volunteer base in Canada and wherever we go, if it's you know Ottawa or when we were at Magna and now um, now in Vancouver, Calgary next year, that we we always get a strong volunteer base and ones that follow us around the country. I think we have volunteers coming from five different provinces to Vancouver this year to to be part of the event, which is uh, which is crazy to see, and one territory um, <laughs> coming out of Yukon, but. Uh, it, it's great and they're they're passionate they're supportive they they get behind the event like like no other and they're the best ambassadors we have well the tournament's just a couple of weeks away for those tuning in how can they find tickets how can they attend this year's cpkc women's open absolutely cpkcwomensopen.com everything's there we still have a few volunteer spots left if you're interested in volunteering you can grab your tickets uh, of course kids 12 and under get in free that's with no restrictions so uh Bring all the kids in, come watch, come cheer on Brooke and uh, join Brooke's Brigade. Well, the best LPGA players in the world will be playing one of the best Canadian tracks at Shaughnessy. Ryan, it's going to be an exciting time. Thanks for taking the time to join us and we'll talk to you again closer to tournament time. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. That's Ryan Paul. Looking forward to that week and something that came out of that interview, of course, Mark, is the right which uh, was at the then CP Women's Open last year. It will be here at the CPKC Women's Open at Shaughnessy. Of course, you were there front and center for the rink throughout the weekend. Now, we were, we were on the rink broadcasting live radio to TV from, from our set. Bit of a different atmosphere come the Saturday afternoon, come the Sunday afternoon, where um, the, uh, the bevies were flowing in a big way come those afternoons but when you look back on the success of the rink just how cool is this idea for just golfing Canada in general I think you know it started back at Glen Abbey uh and it, it was a hit but I think it's turned into something more you know originally it was kind of like oh that's a cool little gimmicky thing that you know to identify us as you know, Canadians and yada, yada, yada. But now it's turned into a Coliseum type environment, to your point, uh, from WM. And players expect it and players anticipate the environment now. I think this year it was more intimate than every, any year before, completely surrounded 360 degrees. Um, I think that it's kind of taken on a life of its own and it's fantastic. And when you consider, Every curveball we've had thrown at our national championships with uh, pandemics uh, knocking them out of the loop because of travel restrictions on borders and immigration. Then you throw in the fact uh, of what Live Golf has tried to do to our men's RBC the last couple of years. It is incredible to me that we've been able to achieve uh, and Golf Canada has been able to achieve what they've been able to do with their national championship. You got to give it to them. It's, you know, just... I mean, there's been so much stuff behind the scenes too, you know, like getting courses, getting the right courses, getting the right setup, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, there's so much work. You got to applaud what they've done. Tremendous. Well, it's uh, August 22nd to 27th at Shaughnessy, the CPKC Women's Open. On the other side, we're going to look 
at the PGA Tour. And Justin Thomas, who's on the outside looking in of the FedEx Cup playoffs. What does he have to do this week to have any chance to get in? And what's gone wrong with him throughout the season? We'll discuss that and much more next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up hour one here on GTC, Scully and Zacchino alongside on this lovely Monday morning here in the GTA. Now, Wild Card Weekend is really here on the PGA Tour, the Wyndham Championship, the final weekend of the PGA Tour's regular season, and a huge, huge storyline are some guys who are currently outside looking in on the playoff picture. Now, top 70 makes it into the FedEx Cup playoffs, which gets underway next week, the three playoff events ending, of course, at Eastlake, the Tour Championship. Now, someone who's won the FedEx Cup before is Justin Thomas, and his season has been bizarre, to say the least. 79th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. Three top 10s in 19 starts. His last four starts, miscut, T60, miscut, miscut. Now, Mark, we did some uh, math in the commercial mm-hmm. break here. What, what do you think Justin Thomas has to do to ensure he'll be playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs beginning next week? Okay, so he's roughly 50 points out of the playoffs. Now, a lot of this depends on what happens in front of him as well. The guys between him and 70 and the guys that are 70 to 60 who they're looking to replace. But roughly 50 points out of the playoffs means that a top 20 is really rolling the dice. If he finishes anywhere from 20th to 15th, it's going to be very tight. It's going to be close. A top 15... At Wyndham, likely will get him in a top 15. A top 10 will definitely get him in. So if he wants to make life super easy on himself, he needs a top 10 at Wyndham. 11 to 15, likely good enough. 16 to 20, I mean, you are right. Like, I mean, too many scenarios where you don't make it. 16 to 20. Outside of a top 20, forget it. You're not going any, you're not going to the playoffs. And for that matter, Adam, you're not going to the Ryder Cup. Either, because right now, you would have to leave Max Homa, Cameron Young, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, or Sam Burns off the team to justify Justin Thomas. And I don't know how you can make that justification to remove any of those guys off the team to add Justin Thomas. If he makes the playoffs, different story. He's got multiple weeks to get something done. Move up this list slightly, a couple of weeks to move up the list, maybe win, Who's who knows. But so much on the line. You know, uh, Lee Hodges, our winner this week, user of the Tour, uh, tour uh, Green Reading app from our friend uh, Ralph Bauer, That's right. said it changed his life. I asked Dennis Paulson this week on our radio broadcast, is part of this just green reading. He called in Bones twice on Friday for a read and went two for two on those putts. Normally reads putts by himself. I mean, the stroke looks good. 
The ball is traveling end over end, burning the top edge most often, sometimes the bottom edge. We are talking fractions here with the putter. 66 in strokes gained on Thursday, 107th in strokes gained on, uh, sorry, 117th in strokes gained on Thursday, 69th in strokes gained on Friday. So a little bit better day, but not good putting days. But fractions, you know, sometimes it's not the stroke. Sometimes it's the read. Something's got to give though here. And I'll tell you something else too, for what, who, this was supposed to be, we used to have the argument, removing Tiger Woods from the equation. Who's the greatest iron player in golf? We had this argument a couple years ago. Colin Morikawa or Justin Thomas, removing Tiger from the equation. Just iron player. This is before Scotty Scheffler became Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. He was 107th in strokes gained approach, only hit 13 greens on Friday. World's best iron player? Not even close. Right yeah, now, it, his iron play has fallen off a cliff. It really hasn't. You mentioned that putter, too. 158th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting this season. Also made a putter switch, which we've just been, you know, begging Scotty Scheffler to change something or else he'd probably have 10 wins on the season. But mm-hmm. uh, for, for Justin Thomas, I, I think we know he's close with U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson. Like he's just looking for, for anything and I still believe if JT can make the playoffs, I think he's going to be on that team. That's a different but, scenario, though, right? If he gets exactly. in the playoffs, he might even creep into the top uh, 12. They still have yeah. two, they still have to the end of the BMW Championship, right? Mm-hmm. And the fields are getting smaller. So you're going to go 70, then you're going to go 50, then you're going to go 30. So after the BMW Championship, you know, if he puts a top 10 or two together, he might nudge up into that 12 spot, and now you can justify. But what if he... What if he makes it to the playoffs, Adam, and he finishes in the last 10 spots at, uh, at Memphis and his playoffs are over? Yeah, that's where it's, it's just so bizarre how someone who wins a major championship, what, 15 months ago, and now his game is just nowhere to be found. And we know how hard this game is. And I, I know on, uh, on Golf Talk Canada television this week, we'll be talking Justin Thomas on radio Wednesday. We'll... We'll uh, look, take a look from an odds perspective. Will one of us pick JT on our TSN Edge team, seeing odds at around plus 3,000 or 30 to 1 on FanDuel right now? So there is some value if you want to look at it that way. But for a guy who at the major championships has more rounds in the 80s than rounds under par this season, I don't know. But Justin Thomas, as we discussed, needs the top 10. He's in. Anything else below that, eh, come see, comes up. Maybe. We'll see how JT can do uh, in his quest to make the PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoffs. Well, that wraps up Hour 1 here on GTC. Busy Hour 2. Winners, Weird, and What Will be joined by PGA Tour Canada Osprey Valley Open winner Davis Shore. But we're going to kick off Hour 2 with a very uh, important conversation. The Stomp the Stigma 8th annual tournament going on at Summit today and will be joined by Marla Traves to kick off Hour 2. We'll see you in a couple minutes right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. 
And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Mark Sakino alongside Adam Scully here. Bob Weeks currently off with Canadian Nick Taylor doing a bunch of interviews, one of which you will see on Golf Talk Canada television. You'll also hear it on Golf Talk Canada radio in a couple days Wednesday when we're on again from 10 a.m. To noon. Uh, currently, right now, about an hour, hour 15 minutes away, a very important tournament going on at Summit here in the GTA area. Stop the stigma. And for much more on this, Marla Travis now joins us on the line. Marla, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're great, thank you. We really, uh, really appreciate your time joining us this morning. Now, uh, we know the tournament's going on. Uh, in just over an hour or so, a very busy uh, day. What's it like for you uh, to receive? I was looking at the itinerary, the amount of support, the sponsors, everything going on. What's it like to receive that much support for the eighth year for such an important cause near and dear to your heart? Well, it's uh, it's very emotional for my family. My daughter's mm -hmm. actually here with me, Lindsay. Um, it's very emotional for our family, but very heartwarming. We are so blessed and lucky to have the support that we have and we do everything we can to put it to good use uh marla it stopped the stigma a gateway to open dialogue on on suicide uh when this touched your family what what kind of triggered you uh with your family and friends to, to start this to say hey we we want to do something about this we want to start a conversation we want to help other people that may have been touched by this, dealing with this, et cetera. Where, where did this come from? Well, actually, our family, when it happened, was in total shock. And um, my husband, Bob, knew we had to do something to sort of, you know, save his family. We were just, you know, at our worst time in our lives. And we thought if we could keep our son Kyle's name alive and help somebody, um then I think we could move forward with this. And uh, the first year we did it, it was incredible how many people talked about it because it was never talked about. And um, now each year we do it, it's just it's just incredible how we talk about it. And listen, it's not an easy subject, as we all know. You mentioned it right there, Marla, talking about it. And I, I can't imagine what you and your family have, have gone through, but just talk about the importance of having a conversation, of talking about it. We do so many things, whether it's Bell Media or TSN or everything uh, regarding mental health, but just the importance of having a conversation and how much that'll be uh, done throughout today. Well, you know, we do talk about it. We do, um, 
I know you're familiar with Ian Leggett. He's a huge yeah. supporter, and he's also um, talked about his situation. And we just feel that it's, it's, it's just a safe place. And when people come to the tournament, it's just a really safe place. And, um, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's heartwarming. And here my daughter's going to also fill you in on some things. <laughs> sure. I think when we started it, we were even hesitant to have these conversations. And I think that um, my mom mentioned Ian. I think that's what made Ian so in- integral to what we ended up doing is that he encouraged us to and to not shy away and to have these conversations. I think that we use coded words like mental health and mental illness a lot. And it's really easy to be afraid to say the word suicide. So I think that was a, a big part of this for us was to say, okay, let's, you know, as we say, stomp the stigma. Let's really um, destigmatize the word suicide. Let's have the conversation. Let's go all the way there. And that's, that was a really important part of this. I mean, there are some incredible prizing. You have put together a, an amazing day with some amazing sponsors, um, live auctions and silent auctions and raffles and great support. Yeah. I'm just curious, um, why golf as a vehicle? And were you surprised uh, at the amount of support from the Summit community and the golf community? Uh, Because eight years strong and it seems to be getting stronger on an annual basis. Yeah, I mean, I think we chose golf. Golf tournament is always an exciting fundraiser. Golf was something uh, that was an important part of my brother's life and also something that um, our family did together. My dad and my brothers golfed together, um, and then his father golfed together. So I think that was a big part of it, like a natural thing to do. Um, And then, yeah, it's been incredible to see the support and the sponsorship. Again, I remember early on um, being, like, worried, are people going to – be okay and our sponsor is going to be okay putting their name beside the word suicide and things like that. And that was sort of a stressful piece out the gate. And just to see all these sponsors and people who want to give us prizes and everything to show up for us is just truly amazing. And we have some really awesome stuff. I can't wait to uh, try it all on before we give it away. So can you give our, our listeners a, a bit of a, maybe a teaser on, on some of these prizes that are, are being uh, unveiled and, and raffled off later this evening? Uh, well, we have um, airline tickets from Air Canada, uh, business Ooh. class, anywhere Air Canada flies in the world. Wow. Uh, we have uh, quite a few dinners. We have a lot of sports memorabilia from incredible uh, athletes. Uh, we have a lot of um, actually athletes and um uh, who will be golfing with everyone today. Everyone gets a celebrity. And also, we're really excited because we got a pretty cool pair of shoes from DJ Khaled, who also gave us a foursome for people. So we're fly to Miami, fly to Miami, and uh, play golf with him. So that's pretty cool too. Very cool. Uh, we're going to try to do uh, everything in our power to, to be there in, in person and, and do the show on location next year. Uh, we would um, love that. It's a great cause. Um, Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are eight years and strong and running with this. If we have listeners that, that want to get involved, uh, can't be in attendance, but want to get involved, want to know more, uh, wh- where do they go? Where do they go for more information? Where do they go to, to find out more on Stop the Stigma? Yeah, so we're working on a new website right now. So if you look for it, you'll only find um, our Canada Help page for donations. But if you check our Instagram, which is at KBT Foundation, um, you like Bob, um, you will be able to see uh, information. And then with the website is live, we'll link it up there as well. KBT Foundation. Well, uh, Marla, Lindsay, uh, thank you for everything you've done. 
uh, for this. Thank you for taking some time today on a conversation that has touched many families and um, congratulations on all of the success that that this tournament uh, has had. Uh, enjoy today. It looks like we're getting a nice day. I'm looking out my window yeah. right now. It looks decently nice. Uh, hopefully, uh, it, it's a day full of conversation and you can uh, look back uh, and reflect on, on everything Kyle has done as well. So thank you so much for your time today, guys, and enjoy the day at the summit. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's uh, Carla and Lindsay Travis uh, Stomp the Stigma, Stomp the Stigma, a uh, very important cause. Check out their Instagram page at KBT Foundation for much more. We'll also get our social media team to post something uh, on our Instagram page today uh, to talk all about uh, Stomp the Stigma. Uh, very, very important cause. On the other side, PGA Tour Canada was playing this week at uh, Osprey Valley and Davis Shore one by one will discuss maybe our experiences also playing Osprey Valley and we'll discuss uh, Davis Shore's victory as well when he joins us on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Well, if you're ever bored on Instagram and looking for great things to see, check out the Cobble Beach Instagram page because, boy, oh, boy, does it look nice up there, Mark. I, have you, you – you were up there earlier this summer, were you? No, I haven't I, been no? up okay. yet, and I know we're okay. scheduled to go up, but that's changing and stuff. But okay. you got to – you know what? You got to get up there in September. We'll figure it out. We'll talk off air. Oh, yeah. You got to get up there. You got to play. Maybe go bring a group or something, Adam. Like, wow. okay. get up there and go. Uh, we'll figure right. that out. But yeah, yeah, it's a must. And actually, I like September the best. Um, it gets that little bounce. It's a little firmer. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And their fescue uh, greens, fescue tee through green, like playing in Scotland. Oh, so okay. when it gets that hop in it in September, pretty awesome. Well, and I, I'll be curious to hear our, our listeners and audience's opinion on this too. Like in my mind, golf, my favorite month of the year to golf in Toronto is September because sometimes you get weather that is beautiful. Sometimes it's a little chilly, layer season, as sometimes I call it, where you throw out the, you know, pull over, maybe a nice Adidas cardigan on, that mm -hmm. sort of thing, you know, jazz up the, the swag, if you will. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to getting up to Kala Beach uh, at some point here very soon. Well, September is now my new favorite season for golf Perfect. in Toronto as well because it, it signifies the start of my golf season. <laughs> uh, I am now, I have come to the harsh realization that my golf season is from September 1st to middle of Jan, uh, the way this PGA Tour schedule is going. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to maybe getting the clubs out near the end of August and starting to play again in September. I'm going to be home pretty much the entire month. So we're going to get some golf in September, you, me, and Bob. We're going to get out there and smack it around. Maybe we'll get Nick we'll, out. We'll yeah. get our match going. Yeah. 
we're also getting some golf together, which we'll have much more on next week's show at some point as we're playing in a member guest at the Toronto Hunt together. Yep. Will we wear matching uniforms? Will who knows? You, you'll have to I wait. I think it's a must. I media. think we go I with think the it's new. A must. What's the new Adidas color that we're both uh, we're both pushing? It's like the fluorescent uh, yellow. The uh, oh, you know the one I'm talking about. We both got oh, the shoes. Do I ever? Yeah. I think we come out hot. I think we come, come out, out like uh, two highlighters. Just a couple highlighters, and it's, it's going to be great when I'm on one side of the fairway and maybe one side of the golf course, perhaps you're on the <laughs> other. Oh, where's hey Mark? Just over here. Yeah, just a thousand yards away. Anyway, someone who didn't have to deal with that this past week on PGA Tour Canada was driving it on a string throughout the week at TPC Toronto Osprey Valley. Davis Shore wins for the first time on PGA Tour Canada, a one-shot victory. He now joins us on the line. Davis, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, guys. How's it going? We are great, but not as good as you. Congratulations on the victory, man. Take us through your performance. What went right for you throughout the week? Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that, guys. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, TPC Toronto is an unbelievable track, um, and the condition of the golf course was just perfect. So, you know, I had a good feeling even just starting the week playing practice rounds. Um, you know, I played the event last year, and, uh, you know, I kind of I had a good feeling just because it was already one I marked on the calendar, one of my favorite um, golf courses I play all year. So I had a really good feeling starting the week. Davis, huge eagle coming down the stretch at 14. You get it to 19 under, you end up winning by one. Did you have a number in your head that you thought you had to get to? Were you were you thinking that far ahead? Because that can also be a trap door, or were you just going one shot at a time? Yeah, well, obviously, um, you do just try to play one shot at a time. But, you know, even before the day started, I kind of had in my head if I can get it to 20 under or beyond that, um, you know, I was going to be safe. I didn't. I didn't really think uh, there was really anybody out there. Or, you know, if I got to twenty under, I, I felt like someone was going to shoot the round of the tournament to beat me. You know, so uh, that was kind of what I had in mind. And yeah, that eagle got me to twenty under. Um, so that was that was huge. Uh, just because the wind was starting to to pick up at that point, a little bit of a front kind of kind of came through, and it, it cooled off a little, and got a cold north wind blowing there um, in our face. So like those holes coming in were not playing easy. You mentioned it right there with the, the weather, and we've had a bit of a strange summer here in the Toronto, greater Toronto area, where uh, it's either been really warm, it's sometimes been a little chilly, sometimes we've seen a lot of rain, thunder, electricity. I know you had to battle through a couple of different delays, the elements. What's that like for you as you're looking for your first win on PGA Tour Canada? Yeah, well, we actually got a little bit fortunate um... You know, we had quite a quite a few delays on on Saturday, but when we actually played in the later afternoon, the weather was was pretty nice there. So uh, the course was wet, but the the staff did a great job of of getting the golf course in uh, in shape for us to play. It still played like really really nice, uh, even though there was a lot of rain there. Um, I guess that was Saturday morning. So yeah, it, it really ended up being okay when we actually played. We're on the golf course. Uh, the you know it, we stayed dry and. Uh, and the conditions were great. I actually liked that little bit of a cool breeze. It felt good. I, I live down in South Florida now, and it's, it's pretty hot this time of year. So that that north wind kind of is, is a is a welcome feeling for me right now. We're with Davis Shore, our latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. He got it done at TPC Osprey Valley, TPC Toronto, uh, yesterday. Nineteen under par. What a huge move, Davis. 
88 spots in the chase for the Fortnite Cup, now projecting moving into the sixth spot. We know that, you know, the top of the food chain is kind of where you want to be, certainly top five. I'm looking back at your schedule, man. You've played in a lot of different countries this year. Uh, nice little finish in March and April. Uh, I'm assuming that's PGA Tour Latino America, where you went T4 and second. And then recently, not being able to create that form. So what happened this week? Did you feel this coming? Or maybe you can just give an idea to our listeners of how thin the line is from a T40 or a T25 to going out and winning. I mean, everybody out there can play. And it's it's a shot here and a shot there, or maybe just one thought sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I had a good stretch there, kind of in the middle of the season on on Latin American tour. Um, definitely boosted my confidence a little bit. Um, and I actually I actually had a one good tournament in Colombia uh, that I ended up not having to finish. I got into the final group, uh, and then I had a poor final round, so the, the finish didn't really reflect. I was actually kind of in contention. Um, you know, until Sunday. But I think I learned a lot uh, just from being in the final group there and, and having a poor round. I think, you know, kind of drew from that experience, like, okay, you know, we're going to learn from that and then we're going to kind of feel more comfortable next time I'm in that position. But, um, yeah, I mean, I had a couple of – my last couple of weeks I've had a couple, you know, kind of 25th sort of place finishes where I actually really played really well, just didn't didn't putt very well. Um and I kind of kind of figured some stuff out with my putting, and that, that was a big difference. I had, like, my best putting round all year on Friday of this week, uh, and that boosted my confidence a lot. And, you know, like you said, the line is fine. I mean, everybody on on this tour, you know, hits it great. Um, so it's really just very um, small details that you have to pay attention to, right? Who can get hot with the putter? Who can avoid the mistakes that kill your momentum? You know, that's the difference. Yeah, certainly is. Now, obviously, it was a big, big day for you. But how about your former college teammate, too, Lee Hodges? You guys win on the same day. What's it like for you to see your former teammate also get it done? It's just awesome. I mean, it was a big day for Alabama golf. Uh, I know our our coach was just thrilled, you know. Uh, I got a lot of texts about it from, you know, teammates and uh coaches and yeah i mean it, it was just really cool and, and i learned a lot from the youth i played with him i mean he's like such a good um and an awesome guy as well uh so yeah that was cool and i saw they you know they asked him about it in the press conference after after he played that was a pretty special moment to hear him talk about me and everything right after he had just had his big day you know that, i don't know that just it been a lot um and yeah, I mean, he was a guy I looked up to for sure. Being a senior when I first got to school, like, and being an incredible player, so I, I feel like I learned a lot from his game in that year. And uh, it's just cool to see now having success on the PJ Tour and kind of knowing where I stack up against that gives you a lot of confidence. Oh, it must give you a ton of confidence. Now, uh, before we let you go, I always love to ask the winners on PGA Tour Canada this question. So you, you go on, you win the tournament, you win by one shot, you you hug the caddy, have you know the media conference, everything, the works, and then you pull out your phone. What was the reaction like from friends and family looking at your phone for the first time after tapping in for the dub? Oh, man, yeah, I had so many messages. I mean, it probably took me like, three hours to go through everything you know <laughs> last night and the end of this morning you know just between uh all the messages and you know there was social media all that stuff 
uh, it's pretty cool just to see how many people out there rooting me on. Um, because, you know, we golf is a, can be a little bit of a lonely sport sometimes. We're out here on the road by ourselves, and uh, it's easy to forget how many people are rooting for you and how and how many people are watching what you're doing. So it just means a lot um, to see all of that. And, like, I have, like, great friends and family around me, and that's, that's uh, yeah, it's just all the love and support coming in after the win was pretty cool to see. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, you moved up to sixth in the Fortinet Cup standings. Now you got a big stretch ahead of you on PGA Tour Canada. Davis, congratulations on a life-changing win for you. And who knows, maybe if you win again this season, we'll have you back on the show to debrief yet another W. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Davis Shore, who wins on PGA Tour Canada a one shot victory over miles creighton who has had a wild year to say the least of course we remember the rbc canadian open where he flew over from pga tour latino america had to use rental clubs over there because some of his came in half you know airlines the works we can go on a bit of a rant about airlines and golf clubs but we won't do that but before we go to break here three dubs next mark when was the last time you were at the tbc toronto uh, osprey valley Remember that? Was it? Did we not go up and play with Lawrence Applebaum? Was it last summer or the summer before? And we saw the construction. They're they're building a, a conference yeah. center and a resort. And it was either last summer or the summer before. I know they have uh, desires to host our national championship at some point mm. uh, down the road, uh, which is part of the reason for the investment in the property. We've got three great golf courses there. Um, the Heathlands was the host of the, of this one, which was the original layout at Osprey Valley back in the day. I believe, you know, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that if they uh, target a national championship, it will be the North Course, which will finish um, at the foot of the new clubhouse and conference center and everything that they're building currently, which would be the uh the, the basically a natural theater to end a national championship there with grandstands and infrastructure etc the stuff you need so it's gonna be interesting to see i'm just looking at this top five adam davis mm -hmm. lamb john pack etienne papineau chris court and Stuart mcdonald they're your top five on pga tour canada race to the fortnite cup right now so we have two canadians in there at three and five right now along with three americans We've only got a few uh, events left on PGA Tour Canada season. They'll head to Windsor this week. Yeah, heading to Windsor this week, and we've had a number of those winners on our show already this season. Dave, this season, Davis Lamb being one of them. First ever PGA Tour Canada Monday qualifier to go on and win. Then he won again. Now he's leading the Fortinet Cup standing. Member at uh, Congressional. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, some of his family was there last week when I was down playing in that event. Wow. There yeah. you go. Well, I will say, before we do go to 3-Dub, I have just received the interview that uh, Bob and Nick Taylor did. I'm going to give it, leave you on the edge of your seat here. You'll see that on Golf Talk and the television. You'll hear that interview on Golf Talk and the radio. That's coming up on Wednesday. Well, on the other side, it's always our favorite time of the show, but will we hear a Zucchino rant? Will we hear me talk about God knows what? Not really sure. It's 3-Dub, and it's all coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management.
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino here. Bob Weeks not with us. He'll be back tomorrow night for television, Wednesday for TV as well, alongside Nick Taylor, who Bob has just interviewed. You'll hear and see that interview throughout the week on Golf Talk Canada television, radio, our social media, etc., etc., etc. Now, speaking of social media, that's where we go with our next segment. It is Winners Weird and What. It is our favorite time of the show. And this week, Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Adam, my winner this week is the PGA Tour for pushing back on the proposed modified local rule being suggested by the USGA and RNA to roll back the golf ball. This is what was in the player's memo. Uh, we have spent the last two years undertaking a, uh, a comprehensive analysis of distance on the PGA Tour and its impact. Although there is some level of support limiting future increases, uh, the widespread and significant belief for the proposal of the modified local rule we believe is not warranted and not in the best interest of the game. Uh, following multiple discussions, we have notified the USGA and RNA that while the PGA Tour is committed to collaborating with them, and industry partners to arrive at a solution that best serves the players, the fans, and the game. We are not able to support the current local rule as proposed. And now that the feedback is coming to an end uh, and the process evolves, we'll be in touch with future updates. Uh, again, this is ridiculous. To want to roll back the golf ball under this new measuring technique that they want to apply would eliminate most of the golf balls on the shelves in your pro shop, at your retailer. It also significantly punishes players that hit it further versus the players that don't hit it far enough. So in other words, how they measure it and the system they're using penalizes you more in distance the further you hit it. In other words, if you hit it 260 right now, you might just find a 10-year yeah, and I and I'm I, I'm I'm kind of just you know going on my own here, but I'm just trying to put it in layman's terms for our audience that under the current proposal, if you hit it like 260, you might find like a 10 yard difference. But if you hit it 320, you could find a 30 yard difference. So it's not proportionate, in, is what I'm trying to suggest. I always said from day one, Adam, that I believe that this debate would end the same place the driver debate ended, guys. This is the ceiling. We can't go further. We're not going to go backwards, but we can't go further. And they did it, and uh, they capped MOI, and they capped spring-like effect. It's uh, spring-like uh, COR is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, in the face of drivers, in other words, trampoline effect. They ca capped trampoline effect in drivers. I think they're going to cap the golf ball. This is where it's going to land. Where are you at on this, Adam? I, I mean, it's hard not to totally agree with everything you're saying, given like from a consumer perspective, why would these companies make a golf ball just for the PGA Tour for the best in the world? And then why would someone like, you know, your average Saturday morning 
12 handicap go and say, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a golf ball that flies 15 yards shorter. The game's hard enough as it is. We want to hit the ball as far as possible. This just makes absolutely no sense. Good for the PGA Tour for rejecting what has come. Uh, curious to see what we see uh, going forward. And players have supported this and applauded this. Tony Finau, one of them coming out this weekend at the 3M, saying, I've always believed we should have our own rules and, and, and stop allowing the USGA and RNA, et cetera, to dictate this. And I would just like to add this. The arrogance of the USGA and RNA to, to try to do this, to pull them off the shelves, to suggest that everything you've produced in the last 25, 30 years is, and all the R&D and all the money spent is now obsolete. And now you also have to pay for this new ball. I find that extremely, extremely arrogant on their behalf. Okay. Uh, my, our weird this week is the Blundies. Uh, everybody knows the famous Blundy family of Ledge Meadows Golf Course in Grand Ledge, Michigan. Tony Blundy, of course, uh, the husband and Janet Blundy. Of course, you don't know who it is. But guess what, Adam? This is bizarre. Tony Blundy stands up on a 135-yard par 3 with a 7-iron, makes a hole-in-one. Janet says, I'm not willing to concede this hole. Goes up to the forward tee, 110 yards, hole-in-one. On the same hole, the same day, in the same head-to-head husband and wife match, the odds, Adam, 26 Million to one, according to uh, some odds makers. No, according to the National Hole-in-One Association, 26 million to one. I mean, how come this stuff doesn't happen to you and I? <laughs> I mean, just you wait. Thursday, August 10th, Toronto Hunt Club. We're going to make history 26 million to one. That, that's remarkable. That's just something that you quite literally very likely will never see in your life. So this is, uh, this is something that this, the Blundies as everyone now knows them as, will uh, they'll never forget that moment. And, and my what this week is simply, uh, what would you rather have Adam, in, in Adam Skelly world? So mm. I, I was just kind of, you know, combing social media this week, and, and I saw that there's a, a mansion in Ohio for sale that did a replica of, uh, based their house really as a replica or certainly a nod to the clubhouse at Augusta National, and it has Augusta National spec green in the backyard. So that's for sale. Patrick Mahomes is completing his dream home, which is worth a gazillion dollars. You can imagine what that looks like. It has a par three in the, in the backyard. And then in Vermont, Adam, for 7,000 Canadian a night on Airbnb in Vermont, you can rent a house that has its own par three golf course in the backyard. You can Airbnb this $7,000 a night sleeps up to like 20 people, apparently. So if you could pick one, what does Adam Skelly want? Does he want to live in the Augusta clubhouse? Does he want the par three in the backyard with the Mahomes mansion? Or does he want his own nine hole Airbnb? I feel like and it's a great question. First of all, these three answers are just, you know, it's, it's hard not to, you know. I, I think the Mahomes Mansion, because, yeah, it's got all the, the golf stuff, which is awesome. I, I would love to, 
you know, hone on my short game because boy, oh boy, it does need the help. But, you know, everything else included, I'm sure, you know, there's probably a luxury gym. There's probably a tennis court. There's probably everything. There's probably a 9,000 inch TV in there too. It would be absolute paradise. I'm going for the Mahomes mansion. What are you going with? I'm doing the Mahomes mansion as well because I'm thinking the same thing, Adam. I'm thinking if this is his dream home with the with the dough that Mahomes has. I'm thinking everything that comes along with it must be outstanding. And this story reminds me of Ian Poulter. Before you before I throw you the tea, Ian Poulter lives on the 18th hole at Lake Nona Golf Club in Orlando, Florida. Beautiful home facing the 18th fairway, facing Lake Nona. But Ian Poulter also owns the lot next door and has built a replica of his house. Only the difference with this house is it's mainly glass and it is a garage for his luxury car collection oh. of Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Austin Martins, etc. that also overlook the 18th hole at Lake Nona. All right, Adam, the T is yours, sir. 348. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Okay, my winner this week goes to a story that I believe you and Bob spoke about on Wednesday's show. One of the great uh, stories we've seen in terms of Monday qualifying, Eric Van Royen's caddy, Alex Gaugert, who Monday qualified for the 3M Open. Now we know, you know, some caddies on the PGA Tour Maybe they don't golf as much. Maybe they're world-class players. Well, clearly, Alex is definitely a world-class player. But the really cool thing that the PGA Tour did, they paired the guys together, which I thought was awesome to have, you know, for them to realize what was happening, pair these guys together, have some fun. Both, unfortunately, missed the cut. But, Mark, you're there week in, week out on the PGA Tour. This is just a really cool story. It's a great story. There's so many caddies that are exceptional players. Uh, Alex went with Eric for three years to the University of Minnesota. So they were gophers. So uh, ties to the Minnesota golf community for both of them. Very cool story. Love what the tour did, put them together. We actually had them uh, on TSN Plus in the PGA Tour live coverage on Thursday and Friday. We actually had them in the window playing together, which was very cool. And we were covering some of it for radio as well. So pretty good story. And, I mean, the level of play for some of the caddies, some of them are just, you know, loopers for life. But yeah. a lot of them are guys that used to play very high level that just, you know, couldn't, couldn't break through. And, obviously, Alex one of them. Yeah, well, he's one of them. And I, I remember Jordan Spieth telling a story once how he plays a lot of golf with Michael Greller, his caddy. And Michael Greller always keeps Jordan sort of at an even keel, which as much as you can with Jordan. Because, you know, he talks to every golf shot he ever hits. But apparently, uh, Speed has told the story that Greller is just a loose cannon when he actually plays himself on the golf course in terms of temper tantrums, that sort of thing. So it's so funny how it all works out uh, for these, uh, these caddies. Okay, my weird this week goes to... A pretty cool shot we actually saw by Nick Hardy, who was behind a tree and basically said, you know what, I know my, my club is going to break here on the follow-through. Hits the shot to probably 12 feet at the most, makes the birdie putt. The weird part of I, I just, for, for an average golfer, or a, not a professional golfer by any means, like a lot of our audience is, I, I just can't picture someone standing over the ball knowing that your club is going to break, knowing that you're probably going to feel some vibrations up your forearm and still 
pulling the shot off. Mark, did you see the video? Uh, it was unbelievable. It, it was, we were on the air when it happened. We were calling it. It hits, hooks it up over a penalty area, over water feature on it, and then makes the putt. He makes the putt afterwards. Um, he finished the round with the club. It bent, but it didn't break. So the caddy gets in there, puts the towel on the shaft, and they, they kind of got it as straight as they could. So he could finish the round with the nine iron. They almost got it back to straight. They just had like a soft bend in it still. But I find this whole thing amazing, to your point. A, thinking you could pull it off. B, knowing you're going to take one in the hands, to your point, which could go sideways. Then being able to like save the shaft for the remainder of the round. Bizarre, but highlight reel for sure for Nick Hardy. Yeah, looking forward to playing that video on television this week for our audience to see if they if they had missed it. Now, speaking of good video, that goes to my what this week. And the NHL has posted a video of some young stars having a long drive contest. Now, it's in a simulator, so it's not quite outdoors, but you can still see all the stats and, and that sort of thing. And included in that was Austin Matthews, who is a lefty, and he had a drive. Hit the fair the ball had hit the fairway. Keith Yandel, who is now a retired uh, former NHLer, but held the Ironman streak for quite some time before Phil Kessel uh, took it over. Austin Matthews hit one out there, 300. Looked like he had it going for a long time. Then Trevor Zegris, who's put a lot of highlight reel Michigan style goals together on the Anaheim Ducks, he bunted one out there, 318. So, Mark, I know you, I know you're on the edge of your seat waiting for Austin Matthews to sign a contract extension with the Maple Leafs, but what we do know is that he can hit at 300 yards. So, pretty good player. Yeah, well, hockey players are traditionally great golfers. And unfortunately, uh, for most of Austin's tenure with uh, Tavares and Marner and whatnot, they've had a lot of time to golf. I wish they didn't. I wish their <laughs> golf game was in the toilet because they were playing late into the summer hoisting Stanley Cups. But unfortunately, they tend to get – they have a bigger golf season than I do, I can tell you that. So, you, and you know what else I meant to tell you, Adam, too? We were talking about playoffs and wild card weekend and whatnot. Uh, Brock Purdy. Cleared for training camp. Oh, yeah. A couple of days ago, the Niners are going to have a starting quarterback for week one of the NFL. Is that, I know that's thrilling for you. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was losing sleep over how excited I was to, you know, for this news about Brock Purdy. And I'll never forget before we go to break <laughs> when we were shooting our uh, tailor made product special in Carlsbad. And uh, Bob, myself, and Nick Obrich from TaylorMade were going to fly home. And he said, you, you thought, you know what? I'm just going to take a quick little drive up to Vegas, watch my 49ers, take on the Eagles in the playoffs. One of the first plays. We're still sitting on the tarmac, and the injury happens. And I know you were just brutal. For that. Absolutely brutal. Happened in like the first five minutes of the game. Completely changed the complexion of the NFC Championship. But I know that Lindsey Hamilton, James Duffy, mm -hmm. and myself, and I know there's more 49er faithful in uh, the TSN family, there's quite a few of us, uh, very excited that uh, Brock Purdy will be under center to start the year. I was worried he wasn't going to be ready to go to like week four or five or something like that. And, you know, the, 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 the division's too tough. The league's too tough now to just uh, sacrifice three or four games. I know the team's good. I know they could have maybe patched it together for, you know, 500 500 record maybe without him but i don't know i'm not a trail Trey Lance. i think the trey lance days yeah. i think it's i think they're done i don't i think that that career in san fran is over before it starts i think skulls we'll, well see. 
you know, I, I don't really have an NFL team, so maybe we're looking. Maybe we're looking. We're, we're welcome. Looking. You're welcome to to come into the uh, 49er camp if you're looking. It's, Mrs. It's Golf Talk also. Canada is all about the Buffalo Bills Mafia. Oh boy. So has we'll she, see. Has uh, she jumped through a table? She, <laughs> she tried to put me through a table. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have much more on whether I'm a 49ers fan as the NFL season only a couple weeks away now which is so exciting. I love this time of year. Anyway, on the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show. We're going to have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we're going to update you on our schedule here as we move forward. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scott, Mark Spino, wrapping up today's show with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com for much more on their latest products. PGA Tour Canada, Davis Shore, your winner there, a one-shot victory over Miles Creighton. Of course, Davis joined us on the program about half an hour ago 3m open his former college teammate lee hodges wins in wire to wire fashion a dominating seven shot victory for his first career pga tour win at the evian championship celine boutier a six shot victory on home soil what a victory it was for her brooke henderson solo second senior open championship alex cheka in a playoff over padre harrington and mark they were at five over after regulation why because there was absolute carnage going on at that tournament i mean this is what i talk about when people talk about golf in ireland golf in scotland golf in wales uk this is july adam this is summer it looked brutal it it looked (laughs) I mean, did you see them just trying to get uh, a position to knock in a three-foot putt? I mean, yeah. Alex Cheka looked like he was straddling a large horse to make a three-footer a three just to have some balance so he wouldn't get blow, blown over by the wind. I mean, it's a different yeah. sport when you go over there to play, and I don't care what time of year we're talking. Yeah, it certainly is. Alex Cheka, a winner, some must-see video. Well, I'm sure we'll have that in 3-dub uh, this week, too, on uh, television. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Only a couple of weeks left. It's almost over, which is a darn shame, given the summer has just gone by so fast. Stay tuned to our social media channels throughout uh, the early portion of this week, both who won last week in our fantasy pool and what we are giving away this week in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This season, we're giving away over 40000 dollars in tailor-made product that's it for today mark where are you off to next dude i'm off to florida uh espn (laughs) plus pj tour live studio i will be hosting stream one and stream four for the wyndham championship so if you have tsn plus if you're a subscriber to tsn plus tune into tsn plus thursday through sunday 
uh, for the Wyndham Championship. Yours truly will be there. I'm working with DA Points as my analyst oh. in studio this week. So. There you go. Check out Mark. Check out DA. That's on TSN Plus and ESPN Plus for those in the U.S. of A. Well, it's been another busy show. It's been a fun show. Mark, thanks for your time. Safe travels today. Safe drive. Say, say hi to the fam for me. Uh, we're back here Tuesday night, Golf Talk Canada Television, and Wednesday right here, 10 a.m. on TSN 1050 and throughout the day on TSN Television 2. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.